I think it was like a couple of weeks ago I hit you and I seen your swing, bro. Your swing has came a, a long way and I admire like the work that you put into it. Do you look at your golf game and like the, the journey that you on with the game sort of like football? Like do you work on it? Do you like do you watch film on yourself and watch your own swing and watch ways to get better? And like is it like a consistent grind? It's the most consistent thing I've done since football in the sports space. I can't go more than a day. I was at the range this morning, 90 minutes, like 80 minutes, early bird special today, Switch. So it was 80 minutes, <laughs> like $20. Like, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that. Top tracer. I need all of that information. Like, I need all of that information. Like, I'm dialed in, bro. Like, I can't. I'm playing at Glen Arbor tomorrow. Like, I'm always trying to play golf. I'm always trying to swing these clubs. I can't go more than a day. I start to itch and scratch and I can't, I just not, I'm not feeling well. Like I gotta just, I gotta just swing those clubs and stay on top of it, you know, and watch videos and like, just continue to learn and continue to just see good swings and try to emulate those swings and try to just be a mirror to the good swings that I'm seeing and trying to put it together in my own, in my own way. And then just, you know, you know how the golf game is, you unlock certain things every time you play. There's just a little bit more you learn, a little bit more, and then you just apply it and then you keep going from there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Par 3 Podcast. I am one-third of the Par 3, Stephen Malvin. Uh, ben Ballard is still out there on the golf course, probably on the back nine by now. <laughs> uh, we have one of my favorite people in the world, obviously uh, one of my brothers known for a very long time, Super Bowl champ, uh, pro bowler, Victor Cruz. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the first tee, Vic. Welcome to the first tee, the part three, man. It's good to have you. Appreciate you being here, bro. Yo, it's good to be on, man. I'm just, um, I just want to say thank you and, and trying to kind of give y'all y'all flowers. Y'all been crushing it. I've been paying attention, obviously, as y'all know, and y'all been getting better and better with each pod. So it's an honor to be on with y'all. No, oh, for sure, man. I appreciate you. I'll tell you one thing. Hey, hey, Steve, nobody reps that bag harder than Vic, though. I ain't going <laughs> to exactly. lie. My boy Vic, I see that. I, I, I be pulling up to certain functions, and I know I know his name is on the list, but I ain't see him yet or something. I just look. And I pull up to the bag drop. I look for the bag. He's standing next to the bag. He coming yeah, this he way. He's on it. I love that. Right. I get photos from pro-ams all over the country. LPGA, PGA. Probably the Champions Tour too. He's doing all of them. My boy on it. That's a fact. Right? I gotta get. It. I gotta get better, dog. And you give me an opportunity to create some resources, meet some people, go to a fly course, and play, and then be around the pros and like feel like I'm rubbing elbows with the people I want to be around. You know what I'm saying? Like it's checking all the boxes for me right now. What's your favorite thing about the game? Like right now. Ooh, the little nuances now. Like I've been, I've been getting better. I've been playing a lot. I, I've been kind of like just working on different parts of my game. I'm trying to figure out different ways to hit a 40 yard shot. Trying to figure out different ways to hit a 75 yard shot. Pitch it. You know, what does bump and run? When do I need the bump and run? What does that look like? Like the nuancey stuff now is now is getting fun. You know, now I'm like, mm. let me find different ways to like win. 
and beat the shit out of whoever I'm playing, even though it's a gentleman's game. But in my brain, I'm trying to, right. it's over with. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're trying to do that. So, so it's just the little nuance he joins. And then, like, and then, like, putting recently has been, like, kind of a, a thing for me that I've been getting better at and kind of reading my lines better and getting better contact on the, mm. on the golf ball. They say putting is one sport and golfing is another. Yo, that is a, wow, that's the first time I heard that. And that is an actual fact. Like, once you get around that green, it can take your handicap three different strokes, three different ways, just just like that. Like, it, it, within, you know, a couple rounds, you just understand the difference. And then you start playing golf courses with slow greens and fast greens and slopes. And it's just like, you could never get a real beat on it. You could just, like, trust your lines, trust the, trust the stroke, trust the putter. And just believe in it, but it's fucking, it's tough. It's definitely tough. <laughs> it's um, tough. But I ain't going to lie, though. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago I hit you and I seen your swing, bro. Your swing has came a, a long way, and I admire, like, the work that you put into it. Do you look at your golf game and, like, the, the journey that you on with the game sort of like football? Like, do you work on it? Do you, like, do you watch film on yourself and watch your own swing and watch ways to get better? And, like, is it like a consistent grind? It's the most consistent thing I've done since football in the sports space. I can't go more than a day. I was at the rings this morning, 90 minutes, like 80 minutes, early bird special today, Swiss. So it was 80 minutes, like $20. <laughs> like, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that. Top tracer. I need all of that information. Like, I need all of that information. Like, I'm dialed in, bro. Like, I can't. I'm playing at Glen Arbor tomorrow. Like, I'm always trying to play golf. I'm always trying to swing these clubs. I can't go more than a day. I start to itch and scratch, and I can't. I just not, I'm not feeling well. Like, I got to just I gotta just swing those clubs and stay on top of it, you know, and watch videos and, like, just continue to learn and continue to just see good swings and try to emulate those swings and try to just be a mirror to the good swings that I'm seeing and trying to put it together in my own, in my own way. And then just, you know, you know how the golf game is. You unlock certain things every time you play. There's just a little bit more you learn, a little bit more, and then you just apply it, and then you keep going from there. So it's obsessive behavior, isn't it? I read this joint. Ben Hogan said that, like, at night, most nights when he went to bed, he just couldn't wait to wake up and go to the range and practice. And they said he's, mm -hmm. like, the person who invented practicing, Ben Hogan. So he basically... Um, they said he would hit balls for like on the range for like four hours in the morning with complete oh intention of what he was doing. It's like he's just working on every single possible thing you could work on four hours in the morning. Then he'd eat lunch and then he'd hit balls again for another four hours. And they said he got so dialed from when that obsession began that he mm -hmm. would play play rounds with them old hickory sticks and all that bullshit he's playing with. <laughs> and they say he, he hit the uh, hit the pin three holes in a row in a tournament. Shut up. Just like hit the pin three holes in a row. So he had, if you do it enough, you wow. start to really great gain like a lot of confidence. And I think mm -hmm. the, you know, it's like, you know, people say, say like practice hard so you can play easy. You know, yeah. and like that's really where yeah. I'm finally getting where I practice so fucking much. They're playing in a foursome out at Alpine. We did a joint with Kevin Lyles and them at the most gangster. Hey, Switch, the most gangster yeah. shit ever, though. But go ahead, go ahead. So, 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 so they were on the fucking. I know they're struggling out there in the humidity and all that. And he's got he's got fucking Ray Matei on his team, and you know, uh, fucking Billy or something. I don't know who he had, but but man, Billy, yeah, he had that crazy motherfucking know. Billy, right? You already <laughs> so, know. So it's 
him, Shout him out and Billy, Billy J, Ray Matei, and some other motherfucker, and they're up on the tee box. So, so I got Nico with me, and he's filming. And I walked up, and so I said, "Vic, what what club is that?" He said, seven. I said, "Let me see it." I'm in my house slippers, right? House slippers. So I just, you know, little lazy lightning, about twelve, thirteen foot <laughs> short of the pin, dart right at the hole, no big deal, and talking shit the whole way, getting the car. Uh-huh. And Nico's like, Nico's like, are you going to punt it? Are you going to punt it? I said, motherfucker, I'm going to make it. You crazy? I walk out there on the green. And I said, somebody give me a fucking putter. I just take somebody's putter and then just, I said, Caddy, what is it? It's, it's one ball out to the left. He said, yeah, or left lip firm. I said, I'll take left lip firm. And then I just fucking <laughs> poured the putt in. No question yeah, about dude, it no possible. Question. Y'all just get back in the cart right down the two. Just walked away. Go Swiss. ahead. Said, move right. on. <laughs> hey, just hey, move on. Hey, Caddy, put us down for the birdie, dog. We good. Hey, we good. hey mark that <laughs> down, <laughs> bro. Mark that. Mark that. Quick. <laughs> Quick. Yeah. But that comes from a lot of practice. And then I was thinking with both of you guys, like, as professional athletes, like, I knew that I was going to hit that iron 10 foot. And I knew mm. I was going to make that birdie. I just knew it. There was not even yeah. a fucking question in my mind. Was I going to take your seven iron? I never hit it before. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what club they handed me. I was going to hit it 10 foot. <laughs> exactly. And then the putt, I really knew I was going to make the putt. Yeah. And then I just did it, you know? And it's like, if I went and putted that putt 10 times right now, I'd probably make seven out of 10, six mm-hmm. out of 10. Mm-hmm. But that one time... There was no fucking way I was missing that shit in front of all y'all's all gassed up. You know what I mean? The cameras are on me and shit. And I had to make it. Yeah, perform, man. You got to perform, dog. You got to be able to perform when the lights come on, man. Every time that camera's on. Exactly, exactly. 100%. What's some of the, uh, your favorite spots you played? Ooh, some of the favorite spots now. For start, I, I love Caribbean golf, right? Like, vacation golf is my yeah. shit. Like, that's just the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Dominican Republic has some good courses. Punta Cana has some good courses. Um, like, I love DR. Uh, Barbados, actually. I played at Apes Hill in Barbados, which is insane. And then, obviously, here in Jersey, we got some of the best joints out here. Somerset, uh, Somerset down in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Play Westchester a bunch. I love Glen Arbor. Glen Arbor is beautiful. Alpine obviously is something we play a bunch. Also, like I'm at Liberty a ton. One of my one of my neighbors. Shout out to Lee. Uh, one of my neighbors is a member there, and he has a standing tea time all week long at 8 a.m. He was like, "Yo, just pull out whenever you want. Come through and work on your game. Just you and the caddy. If I make it, I make it. If not, you're good." And I'm just like, "Don't tell me that. I'm pulling up casual, like 8 a.m." You know me, I'm a, no I'm a switch. I'm a moonwalk in there. You said 8 a.m.? Shit, I'm at 7.15 with a latte. Like, waiting on y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, so for sure. And that was a chance to, like, rock with a caddy, work on my game. He's showing me certain things. We're having caddy, you know, we're having golf talk. He's putting me on. Like, like I love that, man. Like, that's me soaking in the game and soaking it all in and just making sure that, like, this is intentional. Like, me getting better is intentional. It's not just, like, Oh, let me hit it here and pray that it goes where I want it to go. Like, tell me where I'm supposed to hit it. Hand me the club that that's that's the right shot and let me execute it. Like, that's where I'm at in the game is picking my spots and executing to the best of my capacity. How's that due process? Best course in New Jersey, dog. And due like, process is. with all due respect to everybody else, due process was the one from the vibe to 
just the people, which is which is barely anyone. There's barely anyone there when you're there. I think there was one other foursome that was there. To like just the energy, the nostalgia of the club. Shout out to Buscemi. Buscemi was there when I was there, just randomly, just playing. He was playing that. He had the tea time right after us. Like Novak Djokovic helicoptered in while we was there and just played a played a played around. Like it was insane. Like the whole setup. And they were like, this is the most people that have been here today. And it was like 15, 20 people max. And I was like, okay, this is exactly where I need to be. I love it. I love that energy. And then the course, and the course was stunning. Where's due process? It's in, where is it at? Near Long Branch. Like it's down. Oh, it's by me. It's like an hour. It's right by you. I actually called you. I called you and I asked you if you was around. I had the due process plug. Remember I texted you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You took Billy there too? I did not take Billy there, man. Swagger Vance is only allowed in certain venues. <laughs> Swagger Vance. <laughs> I played with Swagger Vance oh, at, uh, at Princeton. Uh, was yep. it Jazza Polana? Oh, my God, bro. Full he movie. Not... Full movie. Full movie. Full, Full movie, movie, boy. <laughs> he was talking to fucking uh, Byron and then and, and the dude, uh, this Ja Rule's road manager guy. Yep. The three of them, the banter that was going on between the three of them. Because they play all the time. Echo? Yeah, Echo. Yeah. They play Echo all the, the time, yeah. dog. And they popping <laughs> shit and there's money yeah. on the line. And it's, oh, it's $100 have been carried over over three different rounds of golf. Like, it's incredible, oh, dog. Man. Too funny. Too funny. It's stuff like that that I love about the game, bro, because you like, especially when you got a good group and it's consistent and like, you know what I mean? It's never really a situation to where unless somebody like you got a piece of shit friend and he just sandbagging everybody. <laughs> but like the money really goes back and forth. It you really does. So like no one's ever leaving really out. Like a, Thousands yeah. of dollars on top, you know what I mean? I'm not about to go. I'm not about to go buy a house with all this shit. Yeah, like, we're not, yeah, bet, we're yeah. not betting that much. It's just the, the camaraderie of the trash Absolutely. talk and shit like Absolutely. that, bro. So I miss that within the locker room. So to be able to regain that on a different space, but still be competitive, is I think it was what a lot of us fight for. Nah, I agree one thousand percent. Like. I need every chance I could get to be competitive because I, I don't I can't scratch that itch anymore. You know what I mean? At least not the way we used to. So like, I need right. to have that opportunity to get that out. Like as men, we got to get that out and get that competitive edge off, um, just to stay sane. And then on top of that, like it's the ultimate therapeutic mental game. Like you're just out there, you're walking from tee to green, you're just taking in the sights, vibing with the homies, or like, you know, playing music mm -hmm. in your element. Like that's that's the other side of golf. I could play terrible, but if I had a good time, if I had a good vibe, if my music was up, I got a cigar, I'm I'm leaving the course a little tipsy, I'm feeling good, going to grab a bite, like, I could have scored 110. I don't care because I had a good time. You know what I'm saying? Until you start getting the group taxes and tell everybody telling you how well your hundred dollars spent, and it's just that that, that oh. that's the fun of the gambling <laughs> shit. It's like I don't really yeah, care about losing a hundred bucks, but when I got a fucking four days of a group tax with everybody on there just talking about how much they enjoyed taking my fucking money, it's just like I can't wait to get these motherfuckers back. I can't be that guy next week. <laughs> I'm yep. flipping it at all. <laughs> I'm flipping them actually, for sure. <laughs> we got to flip it. What's your favorite club in the bag? It's that five iron. I hit a five iron at, uh, 
Greenbrook Country Club. It was the first club I ever started getting lessons at, and I lived five minutes away, so I used to pull up all the time, got to play that course again. And I hit a five iron from like 212 out, rolled up to about 10 feet from the pin yes, uh, two days ago for an eagle pie. Missed the putt, don't tell nobody, but uh, <laughs> but I took, the, I took the birdie. But it was just like, that five iron just been money for me lately. Like I get my turn mm. on it, I'm hitting down on the ball. It's, is doing what I needed to do. So if I could get, and I know if I could get that club right, you know, one of them longer irons, the shorter ones would just be, you know, dialed in too. So it's a good sign. What, what about the worst? Oh man, that driver, dog. That driver, certain days could just be like <laughs> your best friend down the middle of the fairway, baby cut. And then other days it's just going left into the bushes. And you're like, how, do, how is the same swing? It's the same swing. How is that one going left? What am I doing wrong? Now you got to recalibrate. You're checking the hips. It's a whole thing. So it's just like when driver's going wrong, everything's kind of falling apart for me personally. So the driver's the one that gives me the headache the most, 100%. A lot of people say that. And they say that the driver's the most, like, with the technology, it's like the most forgiving club in the bag, you know, where have like that, uh, like that tailor-made joint where it's like warped or something. So if you hit it off the toe, it'll like hook it back in. Or if you hit it off the heel, it'll, it'll, it'll cut it in or what have you. So, you know, athlete guy, you hold that driver. You're like, I'm going to fucking crank this. I'm going to tear the polyurethane off the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Like, Town goes out the window. It's exactly. over. You're over here exactly. trying to show up. Then I top one into the pond and then it's all, then it's all bad. It's all bad after that. No, that reminds me this morning I'm at the range I'm at the, the range joint and my, my driver like snapped like the face <laughs> this is crazy. But the face like I looked down and I and I swung and I heard a different sound and I'm like, what was that? And I looked down and it was split. The face of it was just split open. And I'm like, Am I that strong? Like am I running through the the club face <laughs> like this? Maybe I'm just playing that much that it's just wear and tear? Like, nah, this is that was different. That was different today. Either way, it's a congratulation moment, right? First Either you time, hit it so right? fucking First hard or you practiced so much that you broke it. Either way, honey. Either way, it's a win way. But yeah, Either put that one on the, the shelf. Put yeah, that one on the shelf. I'm going to bronze it like they do baby shoes and shit back in the day. I'm going to bronze it and put it on the fucking... <laughs> that would be a tough trophy. Put it next to the hole in one, dog. That would be tough. Facts, facts. That's the hole in one. Crazy. You know, they're ripping up Hudson National. They're doing the whole, you know, that's where I have my hole in one. So it's always like yeah. near and dear. But they're ripping it up and, and making it brand new. So we'll see how it turns out. So are they redoing that hole? Uh, I believe so. I think they're just, you know, making it harder, adding bunkers or doing something. But a lot of the holes are getting fully revamped also. Yeah. And that's going to be one of them. Though. Yeah. One hole, huh? Yeah, that's 100%. Tough. It may, you might be the last one to ever hit a hole in one on that hole, so you That's might take that, that with you, take that with you, bro. Take that with you. I got enough gas. I got enough gas. That's one thing Hudson Nationals do not need to do is make make it harder, bro. That shit is hard enough. That's a tough course, yeah. I know you played in a ton of fundraisers. I know I have. I know Steven's play, played in his fair share of fundraisers, too. But, like, as athletes, it's different when you see another athlete who don't who swing a golf club but don't look like an athlete no more? <laughs> Who's like, who was that one for you oh, that man. was like, yo, he's dead, bro. You an athlete, but you don't not look swinging like that. I don't know. First of all, I don't know if it's well. First one is 
One is there's two. There's two guys with different reasons. One is Dwight Freeney. Um, because I look at that man and I'm like, bro, you're gonna tear an oblique. And you, and Swiss, you know what I'm talking about? Crazy. He's, He's gonna going tear nuts. something, dog. Like that is not. You have to relax, okay? Golf's an easy, easy swing, dog. You got enough power. So, <laughs> so he's he's one, and then the other one is I played with him at uh at Lake Nona at this LPGA event, and Larry's a cable guy. <laughs> he's the most unassuming <laughs> golfer that you could meet, but he turns on that golf ball. And he could, he's, he could get around a golf course a little bit. And I was like, nah, Larry, like, you no. you out here sandbagging <laughs> us, dog. But he was he was fun to play with. He's talking to the crowd the whole time. He's juicing everybody up. He's cracking jokes. He's spitting dip out. Like, he's just having a good time. So that, that was dope. But definitely caught me off guard when he hit, he hit a shot with the tee box and it went. 260 down a fairway, and I was like, hold on, man. Yo, that's crazy, because I play with the dudes from uh, Duck Dynasty, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, <laughs> like, they just about to be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just saw some, they don't play golf, they just here to shoot a shit, get a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cool with some people. Man, I get up there, the dude hit the joint, like, 280 down the fairway. I'm like, oh, you play. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, this is... What like I got a Tuesday game and this and I'm like oh yeah. shit <laughs> they locked in I'm about to get locked in I'm about to get smoked by a buddy who be in the swamps like that's tough <laughs> that's tough yeah that's tough but there's a lot of people like that like Carlton from Fresh Prince you would never think I mean people that know know but you would never Alfonso, think he was like good at go Alfonso like. We see him all He's over the good. place doing the tournament. He's good. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, like, legit. It's just dope to see a lot of those people. And it's dope. The best part about the pro and stuff is, like, I just love, you know, playing with the pros and, like, picking their brains. And sometimes, oddly enough, I get more friendly with their caddy than I do the player because the caddy is like, yeah. he's like, this is a practice round for us. We're going to get through what we got to get through. But let me holler at you. Let me talk to him. See where your game is at. Walking me through different things that he sees in my swing or putting or whatever. And then just creating that rapport, which is not a bad, you know, you always want, I always love getting to know caddies because they're often sticks. All those guys know how to play right. some golf, you know yeah. what I mean? So I love making relationships with caddies too. It's funny, I was talking to my agent about that one time. He was like, he's like, yeah, man, it's like, always, it's always the caddies that want to like chit chat and keep it cool with me. He was like, well, you got to think of it this way. He's probably nervous if he don't bring home two, three million dollars this week. <laughs> He might be in trouble for the next couple of months. I'm like, he might be a little nervous. He might, he might, have, he might be, you know, he might have exactly. other things on his mind. Exactly. Yeah, I ain't looking for professional sport like aspect like that. He looking at all the grades. He taking it all the account. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is his job, but I can't just rely on him either. Yep. Exactly. This is a very much a partnership. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. We're very much in this together. All the way through. Do you think in, in in what other sport do you feel as though, and I think maybe like baseball with the catcher, like what other partnership do you have? Like two people and like one one person technically isn't playing, but they have an influence. Because it's not like he a coach, but he's a... Close to it. The closest right. to it. But yeah. he ain't I mean, a player, but he is... He's a shrink and he's a everything. Coach. He's everything, yeah. man. He's everything. He know he's got to be able to keep you calm. He's got to be able to 
make sure you're in the right state of mind to hit every single shot we need to hit. He needs you to also have fun and enjoy yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, like, golf is yeah. still a game at the end of the day. You still need to enjoy yourself and not take it too seriously, although this is, you know, this is what you do for a living. But there still has to be some sort of fun enjoying it because why, why are you doing it if you're not having fun to begin with? And, again, he's got to be a, a master of his craft, too. He's got to know how to read greens. He's got to know where you want to place the ball. He's got to judge the wind. He's got to figure out the slope of the greens and where to put it, how to put it, and, and keep you in that right frame of mind. That's, that's almost more difficult than any other coach in any other sport, for real, because basketball, you have a team of guys, and guys kind of fall in line a little bit and understand there's roles to each guy, and football's right. the same way. You know, football, you might be on a team – and coach might speak to you once all week. Like, if you're not, like, you know, a starter or you on a P-squad or you just kind of a, uh, a return right. guy or, or a special teamer type guy, like, you might speak to coach here and there, but you might go all week without talking to somebody outside of your position, coach. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, that golf caddy, he's he has to be – he has to check a lot of boxes for you as a human being personality-wise for you to even be a good fit. So I was just thinking about this since you said that. What's what's uh, what's better, going to a course and having a really good caddy, and you like telling you telling you your lines, but not only is he telling you your lines, you hitting your lines. He telling okay. you the right numbers. Okay. You're confident in how you play, yep. or having a really bad caddy giving you bad lines, terrible numbers. Like because we've all been there and been we like, died. bro, he gave me the wrong number. And what I love, bro, there's now, no way that was breaking that far. Is, what I love now, though, is that like you know you get to a certain point in your game, you know a good caddy from a bad caddy. And for when sure. I get that bad one, I'm like, ooh, bro, like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you, why are you, I'm not even trusting them anymore. Okay. Like, I'm just like, where you say it's at, I'm going two feet inside of that. Like, I'm not trusting you anymore. So it's like, that'll ruin my day because it's, now I'm fighting with the internal voice. Should I listen to the caddy? He has been here nine months. He said he just got here, but he's pretty good. <laughs> like, the starter vouch for him. Like, you trying to give him a shot. And it's just like, it's just not, sometimes it doesn't work out and it could ruin your day. It could go from having an 82 and 80, having a good day. And then you shot a 91 because you just, you missed every freaking slope on the green because you didn't see it or he didn't show it to you the right way. And you just, my day is done. Yeah. hundred percent. The caddies, they're in such a predict, like my, one of my friends is, is on tour caddy on tour. And so basically he's got a caddy, a, a Korean golfer who, who's historically changes caddies every six weeks. It's like the joke on tour, you know. It's like wow. he's gonna get rid of you after six weeks, and my boy's like, "No, he's not. My fucker's not gonna get rid of me." <laughs> he's like, he said, "I I wash his shoes with." He said, "If the motherfucker's shoes get dirty, I pour Evian water on his shoes and drop down on the towel and start buffing his fucking shoes up, getting them right." And then he said, uh, "There's a word for like the worst." Um, I forget what the word is, but whatever it is, the, the the player will hit a bad shot and he'll call himself like, you know, you fucking loser or whatever. He's saying Korean. And so the, the dude doesn't speak English, but my boy speaks English and doesn't speak Korean. So he learned what the word was for like, you're the worst. So he said when <laughs> when he reads a putt, he'll say left lip, you know, and the the, the, the player will just like pull the fuck out of the putt just yeah. pull it you know and and it's not his fault but he'll look at him and he'll say 
that's the worst read ever, and I'm the worst <laughs> caddy ever. Just turn and just, he'll never let the pro take the hit. You know, it's like, you could tell him it's going two, two balls to the right, and the caddy, set, I mean, and the golfer set up and pull that motherfucker, and he look at him, it's a horrible read, horrible read, horrible read. I'm a horrible, that was a horrible read, and I'm a fucking horrible caddy. You're the best putter in the world. You are the best putter in I the world. I can't just believe keep that. telling him, like, <laughs> He's showing me group. He's showing me his text messages with the dude, and he said he gets kind of drunk sometimes, and he'll send him a text message. So this dude doesn't speak any English at all. The player, and he's texting him at like eleven at night. I just wanted to let you know, brother, that you're the best golfer in the world, and I am forever honored to play with you to, to call you my partner in, in the Korean golfer. Oh he says, God. all he says. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he just constantly follows him around talking about, you're the best golfer in the world. You, you are the best putter in the world. <laughs> Don't let him ever think he's not. Like, you know, when you lose your confidence, you're probably going to lose your, your your tour card next. All yeah, your sponsors, no, you're sure. going to fire Let's the go. caddy. It's Damn. over. You got to keep them gassed at all times. It's been a long day. Time for a long drink. The finished drink. Proud sponsor of the Par 3 podcast, Long Drink. Get yours at longdrink.com. Cheers. Vic, we got any predictions this NFL season? What you got? Oh, man. Man, I know, like, I'm excited for this year, dog. Like, it seems like a lot of teams got better. There's a lot of parity in the league now. I mean, you got teams that have, like, sold out stadiums for the first time, sold out their season tickets for the first time in the Detroit Lions. Like, you got you got teams that are going to be sleepers that are going to make some noise. So, with that being said, I mean, I still got Patrick Mahomes coming out of the AFC. I mean, that until until somebody mm. knocks him out, I don't care mm. who his receivers are. I don't mm. care what's out there. Like, mm. Patrick Mahomes is the one. Talk that like, that, that's, 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 and that's coming out of the AFC. And the NFC... I think the Giants are right. I mean, I like where we're at. I like everybody talking about the Jets Relax. right now and everybody having that conversation. The Cowboys, Relax. as we know, are gonna they're gonna falter. They're going to collapse at some point let's throughout the relax. season. They have their let's, annual let's collapse. Relax. <laughs> so I don't really worry about them. Um, but we got to win the division. Everybody knows that that's first. But I, I, I like my Giants. But I love a lot of teams, too. Baltimore. Um, you know, a lot of teams have just gotten better uh, all across the board. I mean, Jacksonville is going to be way better than they were. Philly. I like Philly, man. I hate to say it. That's the one team. Both of us. Both of us. We're going to have to see Jalen Hurts for the next 10, 15 years, bro. We got 15 years of this guy. Like, 15 years of this. This is going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble because he's a, he's every bit of that guy, man. And, and and again, just like Patrick Mahomes, like guys want to play for him and guys want to play for a guy like that and and be around that kind of leadership and be around that kind of winning mentality because it's infectious, as you can see. Like Patrick Mahomes, perfect example. His mentality, yeah. how he approaches everything. And shout out to coaches like Andy Reid that keep it fresh. They let him do Every Friday or Thursday, they have a segment where they come up to Andy Reid with the plays that they've designed. Like, whatever plays, mm-hmm. it could be the most. That's why they had that little crazy huddle, that little ring around the rosy huddle play in the Super Bowl. Like, they've worked on that in practice. And Andy Reid is like, well, if the play looks good, if I like it, we'll keep it in. And they let right. them be themselves. That just keeps you – it's a long season, man, in the NFL. Like, that just keeps you in it. It keeps you, like, motivated. you like, coaches letting us call plays, like – 
Now you're excited to execute. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. little things like that that just keep you juiced up and keep you kind of in the game. You know what I'm saying? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. We used to have certain, well, not me per se, but certain people used to have certain situations where they could have, you know, be able to call the plays and orchestrate it, so you mm-hmm. could just feel like you have way more impact on it. And then going into film rooms, so I definitely understand what you're saying because this is the first time we've ever seen it, and this is you, my first NFL person I've actually got to ask this. The mm-hmm. first time we've ever seen an all-black quarterback staff and a quarterback crew in Baltimore. How does that make the league look? And what do you think about that? Like, for the first time in the history of the NFL, as, as crazy as it may sound. I, I, it's insane to, that, that we've come all this way and it's just now happening and it's just now coming to fruition. But I think it's a start and I think it's a healthy one. Uh, and, and it's something that needs to be looked at across the league. And Baltimore has always been a, a, a franchise and an organization that's led by example. And I think this is no different. So I think it's just starting. You're starting to see things are happening, you know, slowly. It's not, you know, we're not having abrupt changes. We're not doing things overnight, but we're working on these things, man. And as a community, things are changing and in areas that make sense. Like there's no way we still got some work to do in the coaches perspective, but there's no way that this league is predominantly 65, 75, 85 percent black males. And there's what four black head coaches if not maybe less like like that's unacceptable it just doesn't make sense like it, it just the sheer uh thought process and mentality of it doesn't even make sense because black men are easily understanding other black men that's just the way naturally how it's going to be I, i'm going to be able to relate to more things that he can speak to me about because we probably come from the same background we probably come from the same upbringing he probably was a former player like mike tomlin and understands my plight and even that connection alone can lead for a greater athlete it can lead for a greater person and can lead for a greater man and those are the type of guys you want to be raising almost in the nfl these guys are still kids when they come into the league i think a lot of people don't really understand that like I was older coming into the league. I did four years of college, and I was still 23, still a baby. Like, some guys are coming in one year after college, 21, or oh, two years after college, 21, 20, you know, like 19, some of them, 20, like really young, formidable years, and then they get a bunch of money in their pockets. And then, you know, you want to be able to lead those men in the right direction and not, and not have them fall into the gaps that we've seen other players and other people fall into. Facts. We obviously have a bunch of friends that are, not golfers, right? Mm-hmm. Fashion people, entertainment people. It's obviously harder and, and it's still, it's gotten easier over the COVID and over whatever, like the, 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 the movements, you know, there's a wave and there's swells coming in and there's more access and there's more people doing it, et cetera. But like, you know, even going to like when I was with you two in Jersey with Ronnie, like getting Ronnie to golf, you know, like he played with me and Jr. on the front nine. He wouldn't touch the ball. He loosened up a little bit by the back nine. We had him hitting some shots, and you know, on the range earlier that on the range earlier that morning, he was like hitting that barn. Remember that barn mm-hmm. that was to the left of the driving yeah. range? Yeah. He kept hitting it into that fucking barn like twenty in a row, like he was aiming at the barn. <laughs> I couldn't even understand how he could hit the barn twenty times in a row, and so. Then I'm like, come on, just hit the ball like the front nine. And he was like, you know, <clears throat> he was he was standoffish. He didn't want to do it. He wasn't confident to do it, et cetera. The back nine, like I said, he loosened up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then after we finished, 
he went to the range by himself and hit like for another hour just dolo like trying not to hit that fucking barn right and yeah. I, and i would imagine at that point i'm thinking like oh he's fuck he's addicted like this that's it it's but done. Like, yeah, it's done. i don't think he's played since you know what he i mean it's, he it's hasn't. It, he has it right so he, like he has it you know, we gave it a good run in one day. We're taking Ronnie where he's like, I don't golf. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this shit. By the end of the day, he's on by himself for an hour on the range. It's just, what are you, what's your advice for a friend like that who, like, you see the potential, you see that they would be fun and you want to have them out there on them group text and taking, yeah. you know, hundos off them. But, like, shit in is, is, is hard to start as a grown man. Yeah, that's a that's a, a tough one, especially a very busy grown man like like Ronnie is. And I, you know, I just try to bring him along as much as I can. He lives um, his spot in the Hamptons is a mile away from a from a nine hole course. And I've gone to visit him a couple of times and I'm like, yo, just come with me. Like, just come with me. Just come with me. And he's declined, declined. But the more I keep going, he's going to he'll, he'll he'll fall into it at some point. And, and it's just a matter of like, you know, Staying persistent on them, keep inviting them out, keep inviting them for the value. Just come to hang out with us. Like, it's going to be all the homies there. Just come have a drink, chill. Like, just keep it that and then reel them in. Like, we just got to mm-hmm. stay on them and invite them to the fun side of the golf experience and then reel them into the actual golf. I think his thing is what? Paddle, right? He's a racket guy. Yeah, tennis, racket, paddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where he does a lot in the Hamptons, too. So, so they say it's either golf or tennis. And typically, right. so tennis was more his thing, which he does a lot. He loves it. So he uh, he's really tied into that, especially up there in the Hamptons. He got a ton of people to play with up there. You say him and him and Daniel. I was just with Daniel, and he said that, that uh, Ronnie beat him. Ronnie beat him, and it's like just the fucking, he can't, he can't take it. Daniel, he said, Daniel said that he said he beat me with some bullshit. I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, fucking Ronnie, all he does is drop shots. He just fucking drop shots. Every other shot's a fucking drop he shot. He said, he, said, he said, this is some humiliating shit. I'm running to the net. I don't get to the ball. I fucking fall in the net. Ronnie's laughing at me. And he, he, he plays a bullshit game. He won't hit it hard. This motherfucker just drop shot, drop shot, drop shot. He said he, he said that his instructor serves for him or something. They got some Correct. weird he ass fucking serve. rule. He doesn't yeah, serve. Yeah. The instructor the puts the ball in serve. play. <laughs> He just he just nah. forehands it in play and then that's we're in play. Like <laughs> No, it's incredible. It's actually incredible, dog. I remember asking him, I go, yo, how miles per hour? Like how fast are you serving it? He's like, Oh no, I don't serve. I'm like, What do you mean you don't serve? Like that's an essential that's like playing golf and you don't tee it off. Oh no, I don't hit I don't hit drivers. I don't hit driver. I just I'm gonna go about a buck eighty and hit it. Instructor puts it in play. So the instructor serves oh underhand God. and then the instructor gets his coach gets out of the way and then you gotta play the <laughs> game in. So so Daniel Arshall said he said, This bullshit, these fucking dudes hitting the ball, not me. He didn't gotta serve and he's drop shotting every other fucking shot. And he beat me and he tells everybody how bad he beat me. And he's oh, that's another texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna document it with the homies very like before he even leaves the court. He's it's already in it's probably a photo of it. It's definitely something. Hundred percent. You got the like, footage you walking off the court. That's, that's him that's all tough. day. And the worst part is that you in a full kiss outfit too. <laughs> you in a full <laughs> kiss tennis outfit. He kicking your ass in you got his shit on. 
and he's kicking your ass with it, and you're like, this is a double slap in the face today. Word. This is crazy. That's tough. The, uh, that the, tough. Going back to, like, when you were saying just bring the homies out and get them out there, et cetera, like, it's very similar for me with my friends. I try to do it, but it really relates to, like, Remington, my, my you know, yeah. my kids, Luciano and Remington, on getting them to play, getting them out there. So, you know, the last year, pretty much every time I've hung with you, you've had your daughter with you, and she's not playing, but she's she's out there, right? Yeah. She's laughing. She's, mm-hmm. she's swagging out. That's kind yeah, of the same. She yeah, yeah, she playing that, especially at the Marlboro joints. We'll have her just, uh, I always have her warm up at the range, just hit balls, just hang out. But she loves the Marlboro events, dog. Like, she loves the energy. She loves having fun. She loves Steven every time she pulls up on him and be asking him for shit. And I'm like, Kennedy, you can't just be asking Steven for shit. Like, that's not, that's not why we're here. Okay. Just say hello. <laughs> say thank you for having us. And yeah. then like, we'll go about our nah, business. Cool. But like, and you're always so gracious to her, man. We appreciate that. But. You know, cool. I sent her to IMG this year for the first time uh, for a little summer camp in that Florida heat. I don't know what I was thinking, but she trooped it out, dog. And like, she came out better on the other end. She's a much different, uh, a much different golfer in terms of her approach to the ball. Like, I've seen a change in just her setup and how she's just like, just seeing some of the things she learned while she was out there, being around other like-minded golfers that are after the same thing. I think it really like it changed the scope for her a little bit. And like, she wants to get out and play. Like now she's like a little bit eager and I'm like, Oh, okay. I like this. I could do the eager. Mm-hmm. I could, I'd rather be able to, I'd rather want to, as a parent, I'd rather want to pull you back than have to push you out. You know what I mean? Than have to like get you to do something. I'd rather like, all right, that's too much. That's too much. Let's take a day off. Let's do that. I'd rather do it that way because that's how I know you're serious about it. And I know that that mindset will translate to anything else you do in the world. And and that's a and that's a good space to be in. Switch your girls playing? Yeah, my freshman year, she just joined the golf team. Ooh, she got her first yeah. volleyball match today. Oh. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Folks, it's happening. And away we go. <laughs> Man, there's nothing more like I've real just watching Ken because Kennedy played in the little junior league this year and stuff like that out here in Jersey. And there's nothing more like as a parent and seeing her just like, you know, hit one bad shot or line up wrong. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, and I'm like, damn, I'm, but who am I? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, who, like, why am I like, this is what's happening. Let her have fun. Let her just do it. But you just have such high aspirations and you just see, I can see what it could be. And I want her yeah. to have that mindset, but I want it to come at her pace. And I just have to also understand right. that I got to let her just have the experience too, at the same time. Yeah, I think for me, that's like the hardest part of it all, especially with girls, man. Cause like, you know, I don't want to push them to an extent where you pushing, you know, you push them away and they, especially for something that they like to do or they want to do. You know what I'm saying? You get too hard on them or whatever. They, and not even, not even necessarily get too hard on them. Just like some people just are expressing or experiencing things differently in the way you talk to them yeah. or however else it can, it can play a major role in how they do everything else. It's not necessarily just this one, that one thing. And, for me, it's like, I want my, I get excited when I see my daughters playing or want to play like, dad, let's go to the range or dad, let's go to the course. I'm like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's do like, it. you open up these can of worms, it's going to be hard to put back in the box now. I'm telling you that right now. 100%. We can do it. We yeah. can do it all day for sure. Not so many, you know, for one, nowadays men who, who want women to play. 
and for two and not a lot of men want to spend time with their kids as much as like going out to the golf course and so mm-hmm. for me when i always see you with your daughter and, and posting the videos and stuff it's like damn like that's dope like finally somebody who want yeah, who want to spend good. time with their kids who wants to go spend hours and and on in talk about the little nuances of life or whatever and just to get them away from the technology and so much other stuff that that, that we didn't have and give them a piece of our childhood like going outside and just being a kid trying mm-hmm. to hit this little hit trying to hit this stick uh hit this little ball with a stick <laughs> 200 yards exactly. you know what i'm saying just walking exactly. the park with my pops you know what i'm saying i think it's just certain things like that those experiences they'll really cherish forever by the time we 70 80 or so like damn i really used to my mm. pops used to want to really spend time with me he used to yeah. really want to take me to the park he used to really like we i remember us going to get a soda and x y and z and like stuff like that stuff yeah. they really cherish because i when we think when i look back at it that's the thing i used to love going to practice coming home going to 7-eleven with my pops getting me a slurpee and going back yeah. to the crib ordering the dv uh going to blockbuster getting me a video yeah. game renting that joint sending the wrong one back and yeah. <laughs> keeping the Oops. game what Oops. Oops. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? straight up yo that was the game For we really. sent that other one back swiftly but that's the For best sure. part like that's the best part for me and then the best part is like our kids are actually cool <laughs> like Kennedy yes. puts me on music. I got, I'm adding stuff to my playlist. Like, oh, now this is tough. Like, I need to add this. Like, this right, is great. Like, that. fashion. She loves to look, you know, and she got her own style. She loves to look a certain way. Like, I'm all for that. I want to empower all of that. I don't want to be a parent that's like, oh, nah, you dressing this way or you dressing that way. Like, I want you to be you and I want you to be comfortable. And, and we're going to ride on that wave until we don't anymore. And then, Whatever transition, whatever way you want to develop and grow and grow your swag, and I'm right here with you to facilitate because I've been there. I've been where you are, like, and I'm right mm-hmm. here to, to help you right along the way and, and everything that you want to do. So, like, and that's the best. Our kids confidence. are fucking cool. Yeah, kids are cool, And the cool, confidence man. comes from the, 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 the parents. Like, my man, the other day we were in the car, I forgot who. He said, he said, you know, my, my, uh, my, my, I got two nephews and they're just lame. Right, and I said, yeah. well, "Why?" He said, "Well, to be honest, because the my my sister married a dude who's just the absolute fucking worst." And I'm like, "Well, there you have it. So the kids are the worst because the dad's the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right?" So like, you know, getting the the kids and the confidence, like y'all's kids. I mean, like Remington and Lucci, those dudes are fucking confident. You know, like mm-hmm. we're like. Remington, this fucking weirdo, he's taking Spanish, and so he's learning all this Spanish shit. So he came home the other day. He started calling me Juan Remy. He said Juan <laughs> Remy, Juan Remy. What the fuck you talking about? He said you wanna be me. You wanna be Remy. He's throwing snaps. Say he said I brush my hair like him. He said he said you trying to take my haircut. I'm like what? What are you talking about? I had my hair slicked back for fucking ever, bro. You didn't even have hair. <laughs> yeah. He said you wanna be Remy haircut. Fucking crazy. I love it. I love that. That's hilarious. That's, that's hilarious. Funny, man, bro. fucking kids are the best, dude. The best, man. People like my homies will say like, oh, I'm so excited. My fucking kids are out of town for the week. I'm like, when my kids are gone for the week, I'm fucking depressed. I miss them. I miss them. <laughs> I don't man. Miss them. Don't hang with no one else. At what? All. Then I'm calling them like, hey, you, you everything all right? <laughs> 
Yeah, they taking care of you over there. You need some money? You need anything? Right. You need right. anything you need? Anything for, for me to get over there? What? I percent oh, you did, I'm coming over right now. I'm going to just drop it off. Fish. I ain't Venmo and shit. Yeah, I'm going to go hand you cash. See, Steve is different because he got boys, bro. He got yeah. girls and, like, they really, yeah. bro, I call my girls every morning, right, for the, before they get on the bus. Cool. And sure enough, as soon as I, good morning, daddy. <laughs> just like, it's just like, they, like, you know just what? A what little you need? too. Yeah. <laughs> $5? What you need? You need some extra, like, you need some trade money when you get to the lunch table? Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, Anything. But first of all, I appreciate you, Vic, for coming out, man. Thank you for spending time with us, man. That's another episode of Part 3. I'm J.R. Smith, Stephen Marlborn, and Ben Baller is probably at the pro shop right now. Ben better be three. He better finish off four under par. That's what That's what I want to hear right. when Ben get back on the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna hear? You gonna hear three under something? But they ain't, it may not be as accurate. But that's my boy. So we appreciate, out there. You, appreciate, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. See y'all next week. <laughs>